On this episode of View the Right Thing, Wes, Desi, and Alexis discuss the moving film adapted from the memoirs of a father and son whose family is torn apart by addiction, relapse, and recovery. Steve Carell, Timothy Chalamet, and Amy Ryan head up the cast in what is sure to be a film that will be racking up nominations during award season. It's Beautiful Boy, here on View the Right Thing. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hey, welcome back to another episode of View the Right Thing. I'm here with two lovely ladies. <laughs> Say hi, ladies. Hi, ladies. <laughs> all right, nice. So I've got Desiree and I've got Alexis. Uh, Alexis, who are you? I am... Alexis. <laughs> <laughs> we figured, uh, we've gotten to the bottom of it. Yes. That's all you need to know. Uh, I am um, an actor and a seamstress and a singer and I do all the things. You have, a, you have your own podcast? I do have my own podcast. It's called I'm Not Weird, You're Weird. It's like um, the, the best name. <laughs> it's way better than the right thing. <laughs> uh, it really, it just came up with it randomly. Yeah. Oh man, we spent... We spent uh, weeks trying to figure out our podcast name. We went through iteration after iteration, and Steve to this day still calls it the wrong thing. So, well, for like for the first year, it was like <clears throat> kind of a thing for you to be like, "Welcome to," and then Steve would just say the, wrong, the immediately say the wrong name. We almost went with Indiana Jaws for our <laughs> podcast name. So Steve likes to say Indiana Jaws a lot, but he's kind of gotten off that train for a while. Yes. So I'm glad. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When my my podcast pod cast mate and I uh we were born born for podcasting born for podcasting (laughs) (laughs) um we were like yeah we should do a podcast together and when we figured out what it was going to be about I was like what about I'm not weird you're weird so what is it about oh oh it's about obsessions um and like paper eating and paper eating um OCD uh, uh extraction videos ASMR um, what were, so you have a couple episodes already out, mm-hmm, right? What are mm-hmm. they about? Um, so the first one, uh, we actually touched on our personal obsessions. So I have a thing with extraction videos. It's very calming to me. I don't know what extraction videos are. It's like, it's, is it gross? To some people it is. Okay. Um, but it's like when you, you're watching a video of people getting their pores cleaned. Oh, okay. And some people have like really gnarly I'm uncomfortable pores. already. <laughs> Like, like, I don't know how. And her obsession, she loves watching parkour videos. Uh, th- those are like two completely different, totally different ends of the spectrum here. Mm-hmm. Okay, but like for like me watching those, those <clears throat> make me anxious. Whereas for her, her watching extraction videos makes her anxious. Oh yeah, I'm, so. I'm anxious thinking about the extraction video, and I don't even really know what it consists of. <laughs> so. If it makes you anxious, don't look it up. Okay, yeah. okay, good to know. And then the second episode was ASMR. I thought, oh, ASMR, okay, mm-hmm. everybody knows that. Yeah. I, I thought when you were saying extraction videos, I thought it was going to be like <laughs> taking things out of people's bodies, like oh. like tapeworms or oh. something. Or like, what's bot that? flies? Yeah. Those, oh, oh, bot flies. Oh. Don't, don't look at a bot fly video. Those okay. are, oh. that's, that'll make you real uncomfortable. I don't even know what that it's means. Like it's, a, like... it's like a larva that burrows no. in your skin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And they're really big <laughs> and gross. No, yeah. no, that like, th- there's an <clears throat> M word that I just can't say, but it co- that's like the beginning of flies. Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't say that M word because it freaks me out. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Well, so we've gotten off to a 
really, really strange start. You know what? Something I don't ever do on this podcast anymore because I just figure this is like our fourth season. So I figure people already know, but we probably have new listeners. So I probably should say again what we what we do. Yeah. So we watch movies and then we talk about movies. The end. Yay. <laughs> now, so normally we like to tell people ahead of time what movie is we're going to discuss. And then uh, that way they have an opportunity to see it before the episode comes out. Um, because we're right at the beginning of a season, we haven't had an opportunity to do much of that. Um, we just did uh, Bohemian Rhapsody and um, First Man. Mini, mini episodes. Mini episodes. Two. Shorter shorter episodes. And then now we have um, our first full episode of the season Ooh. is with Alexis. Oh, so cool. mm-hmm. that's exciting. Um, Steve and I, uh, in a few weeks, will have um, 1941. Steven Spielberg's 1941 with uh, John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. That'll come out. <clears throat> Sorry, I got a little something in my throat. Can you cough trap? I blame Alexis. <laughs> Why are you blaming me? I've been sick all week. Why are you blaming Alexis? Because she <laughs> choked on her water earlier, and it's like sympathy. <laughs> like a subconscious thing. sympathy choke. Yeah. No. Uh, so, since you're new, mm-hmm. the first question is, have you seen anything in the theater recently that you would want to share? I saw Bohemian Rhapsody. It, what did you think of Bohemian Rhapsody? I loved it so hard. Why? Um... Gosh, well, I didn't really know a lot about um, Freddie Mercury's life. I didn't know that he was originally named Farouk. I I didn't know he wasn't uh, not British. Right. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Like he, to me, he passed as Caucasian. Sure. Um, Yeah. So I had no idea. Mm -hmm. So that was really cool to learn about his life. Right. Um. But also, like, to know that he ha- was in love with this woman. Uh, like, I'd always known, you know, oh, Freddie Mercury died of AIDS. So yeah, that right. just automatically means he's gay. Right. Um, I mean, not right, but right. I'm but, right. Of the course. assumption that you think, yeah. yeah. Um, so I thought that was really beautiful that he had this woman that was his soulmate. Yeah. And, and, you know, that they were friends forever. Um, I thought that was really lovely. And also, I have... Um, a lot of gay friends and um, the whole AIDS epidemic and I know people that are HIV positive and yeah and it was just you know it made me kind of sad that that's what people had to go through right and even I don't know it was it was very emotional for me um, being able to I don't know. I guess see it talked about in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting too, like having grown up in the eighties and the nineties, um, what it was like for us, like health class and, um, hearing about the epidemic. Um, and then nowadays I feel like it's kind of invisible, right? Like, because you can live, you can, you can still live. Like then it was kind of a death sentence, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now you can, you can live if you're HIV positive. So, um, I, I wonder sort of about young people that maybe were born in the 90s seeing this movie and like, are, I wonder if they're surprised by what happens in it or not. Oh, yeah. Like when I was little, when I was three, we went to New York um, to visit my aunt and I wanted to kiss all of the cab, cab drivers because I thought it was so nice that they were driving us around. <laughs> I didn't know. But <coughs> I guess at that time they didn't know how it could be contracted. 
And so my mom was terrified. Oh, oh sure. yeah. There was a she lot of like misinformation. Yeah. And, yeah. It's like, oh, can it be contracted by kissing someone? And so yeah. she was like, don't, don't touch anybody we don't know. Also, yeah. small child, stop kissing. <laughs> Maybe that's another concern. Um, <laughs> I'm assuming you were a small child. I don't know. Maybe I'm, you were a teenager. I, I don't no, know. no, no. I was, I was very little. Um, I just loved everybody. So I no, that's all right. I love people. Uh, so you you like the movie. We we both uh, really enjoyed the movie as well. Um, there's viewers can go back and listen to uh, our previous episode and mini episode, yep. episode and hear our thoughts on that. But yeah, I, I really liked the movie. I thought Rami Malek was incredible. So great. Yeah. And did you catch Jurassic Park references in it? No. I feel like there was at least two. Yeah. Well, now now we're not in the spoiler. Uh, show well, the the mini episodes are spoiler friendly with this one's not as spoiler friendly so i don't really want to give away but i i caught we'll tell you later i caught what i think are two mm-hmm. jurassic park references because you know that the kid from jurassic park is in the movie right the bass player that they get after the fact is the little boy from jurassic park what tim the human <laughs> piece of toast what? <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. i had not even realized that yeah that's I mean, he doesn't wild. look the same. He doesn't have the goggles anymore. and Yeah. He doesn't have goggles anymore? He doesn't have, like, Those a Those are little... not a permanent part of his head? He no, looked but... familiar, but I couldn't really understand. I didn't know why he looked familiar. That's yeah, he was a kid, yeah. I mean, Veggie-saurus. I... <laughs> I did like the Wayne's World. The, the Wayne's World nod? Yes. Yep. Yeah. It was one of my favorite moments of the yes. movie. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, um, Des, how about you? Have you? Uh, I mean, you've basically been doing these <laughs> podcasts with me the last. Anything that you haven't been in a podcast about recently that you've seen? Um, I mean, I know we've been watching stuff here at the house. I'm trying to think what we went and saw uh, Nutcracker. We did see Nutcracker. We didn't do it. We decided not to do a podcast on that one. Mm-mm. Um, it was fine. That's kind of how I felt. <laughs> it was okay. Yeah. Um, there's a moment where the, the where Sugar Plum eats part of her cotton candy hair. Which oh, I think spoiler. Is hilarious. Huge funny. spoiler. Uh, huge spoiler. <laughs> Massive spoiler. It's just, yeah. just really funny it's to a, me. It's, it's, it's a clever moment. Um, <laughs> I'd like to say, since we are, since we did bring it up, that um, I don't feel like it's worth a $10 ticket. No, it, it's, it, like I said, it's okay. But, yeah, I mean, it, I guess if you were by yourself, maybe it's a $10, worth $10. But if you were taking your kids and your family, like if there's three or four people, that's 30 or 40 bucks or more, depending on how you see yeah, it. I'd if almost you see it in like, 3D, it's more. If you see it in Dolby, it's more. If you see it in IMAX, it's more. Yeah, I'd almost say like if they do like one of those <clears throat> Fathom events of the actual Nutcracker, see that instead. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I agree, actually. Um, I think the ballet is is more what you're wanting out of out yeah. of it. Like you you just didn't really get what we know and love of the of the nutcracker in this film. Yeah. There's the the music is there a little bit, but I would say the majority of the movie does not have the music from the nutcracker. Yeah. And there's dancing at the beginning that's not ballet. There's like, you know, they go to a ball or a big party and so there's people are dancing at the ball or whatever. Yeah. Um and then there's one ballet sequence in the middle of the movie and then after that it's there's no But you know dancing. one of the characters like keeps talking during it, which is really distracting yeah, that's true. to me. That's true. It's super weird. It's it, it, yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was, a dis, it was I think it was disappointing. Yeah. But um what else have you seen? 
Halloween we saw. Oh, we did that was see last Halloween. Month. I mean, we saw, we've seen a bunch of stuff. Uh, we don't have to go over a bunch of things. No, I'm just trying to think. I know we've watched stuff at the house recently. Yeah, but we don't really talk so much about the house stuff. Well, we watched... Um, you really want to uh, get something out? Dead three, air. The, the stra <laughs> strangers one. Um, three identical strangers. Three identical strangers. Documentary. Three identical strangers. Oh, really interesting. Excellent. And then you didn't know anything about that. I didn't. I in. didn't know anything about it. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, it's a, I won't, it's a great I won't story. spoil it, but very, it's very good. Yeah, I almost don't even want to really talk about the premise because I think it, the less you know about it, the yeah, no, just, the better just it watch is. It. So we can talk to you about it after. <laughs> yeah, in fact. please. Um, uh, okay, so excuse me. We all we all went and saw a movie today. Uh, we saw some trailers, mm -mm. and maybe you've seen some trailers prior to this. Maybe you saw mm -hmm. some of Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm -hmm. Anything, Alexis, that you that's coming out that you're really excited for? Uh, that mm, starts with an M. Oh, welcome oh. to Marwin. Yes, yeah, <laughs> with Steve Carell. That that looks really interesting. Yeah, uh, I I wasn't expecting what they were going to say. Because it said, you know, directed by, or like from the makers of Forrest Gump. Yeah, Robert Zemeckis. I love Forrest Gump. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I saw that in the theater three times. Oh, yeah, I saw it a couple times, too. So, yeah. yeah. Like, that was nine hours of my life. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. sure. that movie. You know, it's based on a on a documentary. There's a documentary about this. This, this is a true story. And the documentary is called Marwin Call. Oh. And it's about this guy. Steve Carell's character. Oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm really excited about that. I've been excited about that for a while. Yeah. Um, I think that's the most that I'm... The most... When you're most excited of the, about? Of the trailers that they showed. Yeah. Uh, We're going to see <clears throat> A Private War. I, you know. I don't know if I want to tease too much about, about the podcast. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. We'll... Maybe just bigger picture. Like, I'm excited for If Beale Street Could Talk. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm extremely excited for Roma. Um, I'm really excited for the Green Book. Yeah. The Green Book's coming oh, out. Really good. So bad. Widows is coming out really soon. I'm really excited about Steve McQueen's new movie with Viola Davis. I'll see her in anything. I'll follow Viola Davis to the ends of the earth. <laughs> um, you know she's she's uh, really strong about pay equity, yeah. and I'm like she should get paid more than her male co-stars, <laughs> not the same. Yeah, but mm -hmm. that's just me. I, I think she's, I think she's like a truly special actress. She's magical. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I'm pretty excited about uh, the favorite. The favorite. <laughs> so I was trying to keep you from that trailer, I know. To, so it'd be a surprise uh, for I'd you. I'd already kind of seen a little bit of it, and it, yeah, but I knew it, it was going to be up your alley. I'm pretty excited. About I turned that. and looked at her after the trailer tonight, and she just nodded like, her head. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <clears throat> you excited for the favorite? Uh, yes. Yeah. Very much so. That's good. Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz. Yeah. And uh, what's her name? Uh, um, Olivia Coleman. Olivia Coleman. I love her so much. She's so good. Did you watch uh, Broadchurch? Mm -hmm. oh, I love her in Broadchurch. Broadchurch. Have you seen The Lobster? I didn't see The Lobster. So it's the same director. Oh, is it? It's the same director of The Lobster and Killing of a Sacred Deer. I've seen Killing of a Sacred Deer, but not The Lobster. Oh, that makes sense because Rachel Weisz was in The Lobster as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Yorgos Latham... Yorgos Lathamos, I think is his name, or something, oh. something to that effect. Okay. It's got a really cool name, mm -hmm. but yeah. So, yeah, the favorite. Anything else? Uh, my hands are antsy mm -hmm. tonight. I'm just like <laughs> tapping the table and cracking my knuckles. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure we saw something else, but that, those are the ones I'm most excited about. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that brings us to Beautiful Boy. Are you guys ready to... 
dive into this one? Yeah. Let's dive. Okay. <clears throat> so, Beautiful Boy, Steve Carell, um, and Timothy Chalmet. Chalmet? Chalmet? I don't know how you say his Chalamet. name. Chalamet. I guess. Is that it? That's <laughs> yeah. okay. Chalamet. Uh, and then, who I loved in uh, Call Me By Your Name. Oh, like, gosh. So uh, good. Yeah. Made me such a huge fan of his. Um, uh, Amy Ryan. And Maura Tierney, who I think is, like, a very underappreciated actress. She should be used way more than she is. Yeah. Um, so it tells a story of Nick Sheff. It's a true story um, based on a, a book by Nick and his father. Can't remember his father's name now. David. David Sheff, thank you. <laughs> and, um, and it's about Nick's struggle with um, addiction, being addicted to heroin and crystal meth and alcohol and yeah you think he lsd he mentions at one point um yeah it was it's it's a it was weird because it seems like it should have been a heavier film than i thought it was yeah um maybe we can get into that a little bit but Mm -hmm. uh what did you what was your initial impressions like did you enjoy the movie Yeah, I thought it was very good. Um, excuse me. Remember, we're all three like... We're like... <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Beasters. No, I, I thought it was very good. I didn't... I kind of went into it thinking, I'm probably going to like cry and like totally lose it. And mm-hmm. and I I didn't... I mean, I got a, definitely got a little like, you know, choked up at the end. Yeah. But... I don't know, maybe it was that annoying girl with her cell phone distracting yeah, me that well, kept me from getting like... too emotional. <laughs> well, I think I think it might have been my design, but uh, what would you think, Alexis? Um, I was definitely expecting to cry a lot more than I did. Yeah. Um, I'm, I didn't... I didn't actually tear up until the, the end. The very end, yeah. When they were sitting... Uh, so there's a little bit of a spoiler. At the very end of the film... They're sitting next to each other in those chairs. Did they really say anything to each other? I don't think so. I I thought that was a really prime moment for them to say everything. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I felt like, I felt like there was like, that's kind of what we were missing was, and maybe I think maybe by design, um, the movie is told in a like completely nonlinear way. You're jumping all over the place in time. Mm -hmm. Um, Not, I mean, the beginning of the movie starts and then it goes one year earlier and then it goes to like when he's a kid and then it comes back to maybe present or maybe one year earlier it just kind of bounces all over the place yeah. you're never 100 percent sure exactly where you are um i suspect that maybe that was done specifically to not be cliche with a movie about drugs and addiction yeah uh and to um not provide a schmaltzy you know over like melodramatic portrayal of what happened Mm -hmm. i think one of the things that did work for me at least was that it felt very real i don't know much about addiction but um i know a little bit about the human condition and and the portrayals of the the father and the son felt very real more turny in the movie um she has a moment where she she tries to intercede and then quits yeah. and and feels, I think, sorrow and loss over that. And yeah. that felt very real to me. So um, while I feel like it could have 
driven home a lot of points and been like really really powerful it didn't necessarily it, it doesn't necessarily bother me that they didn't i guess is what i'm saying mm-hmm. yeah i don't know there there were aspects of it where like so we're doing spoiler alerts <clears throat> sure I mean, uh-huh. try not to get. We're trying to get too spoilery, but it's okay because there's an aspect where I think the makeup department could have done more. Oh, okay. Um, at the end. Oh, sure. sure. Because he looked pretty normal. Yeah. For having gone so far off the deep end. Yeah. 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 Um, like his hair looked great. <laughs> uh, like I want his hair. Timothy Chalamet has some beautiful hair. Yeah, he does. But. You know, when when someone abuses drugs for a really, really long time, yeah. it you'll get these, like, lesions on your skin, and they sure. they touched on it that one part what, with, his with his lip. With his lip, yeah, I saw that too, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's still pretty minor. Well, yeah. and I did notice that they did show his arms were pretty, pretty, yeah. uh, but most right. of the time, he had a long sleeve shirt on, which I'm sure was, but you know, I'm sure he's, he's trying, trying to, to hide, hide it, it of yeah. course. But yeah, when they did <clears throat> show it, but like I think they could have screwed up his teeth a little more, and I, I don't know, like yeah, that's the thing that people say they say about smoking meth, right? Is that you lose your teeth mm-hmm. or you have teeth problems? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> although that didn't <clears throat> seem to necessarily be the drug of choice in the film. I, do we ever see, actually see him smoke crystal meth? No. I think so. Yeah, we we mostly just we just see him injecting for the most part or smoking yeah. something. I guess he smoking something in a paper, but never like I don't know how you smoke crystal meth. I don't, <laughs> I don't either. Do you inject know. crystal meth? I don't I know. No maybe, idea. maybe that wasn't heroin. I don't know. Oh my god. The brown <laughs> so, the brown was heroin. At, yeah, okay. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That, but there was some that was sure. like white, clear, sticky stuff. That that could have yeah, been crystal for all Maybe. All right. Viewsters that are uh, know about this, feel free to tweet at us or <laughs> send me an Instagram DM. Um, so did you feel like... Let's just take just Timothy Chalamet yes. for a minute. Do you feel like his performance um, rang true of an addict? I mean, do, I mean, maybe you don't know. Maybe you don't have enough experience with addicts or... It's interesting because he's very he's very young, mm-hmm. you know. Like uh, for me, I feel like most of the you know former addicts that I've come in contact with throughout my life have mm-hmm. been much older than me. So yeah. I'm not always familiar as familiar with like how that affects you, like when you're doing it or when you're younger. Um, so that's I don't know. It's kind of hard for me to say personally. Yeah. Well, it's really tough for me. Okay, so just for clarity for the listeners, I've n- never drank, I've never done drugs. So it's, for me watching these films, it's strictly about does the performance move me, not how how accurate is this portrayal. Um, you know, I think I've become accustomed to like being able to pick up when people are faking drunk pretty well. Like, because <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. that can get real cartoony and bad. But yeah. um, especially drug stuff, like I don't, I don't know. So, I mean... I mean, I think there definitely were some times where, like, he would get violent or, like, uh, aggressive. Outbursts, yeah. I, I think that seemed pretty pretty accurate as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Like, 
you know, I don't know that I've had that direct experience, but yeah. I, uh, I'm in the program, um, for alcohol and I, without divulging too much cause it's anonymous, but I have seen people who are younger um, and they're like, some of them are really new to the program and, uh, they're angry. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that he did a, when he was in the diner and he met his dad. Okay. I thought that was really like, I think he did a spot on job. If it felt authentic to you. It did. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I think it was a very moving scene. Mm-hmm. It's like you just want to just like reach out and just be like, let him help you. Um, I know. <clears throat> so you, so then talking about meetings, then mm-hmm. um, you you I feel like you said you wanted to talk a little bit about the way they portrayed the meetings on the. And I'm curious to see if because you both have been to meetings, probably very different experiences. So I'm curious yeah. to yeah. hear if. Yeah. Okay, so let's start with Alexis and okay. see. Because this is very interesting to me. I have no clue. Uh, so I know that the other people that were sitting in those meetings were extras. Yeah. Um, because they were just sitting there. Mm. And it's as if, like, I mean, I know filming takes forever. And <laughs> you're just like, okay, my face is on the screen, so I'm just going to look attentive. But when you're in a meeting, you feel the pain that the other person is talking about because you've gone through it or something like that. And I wish that they had told the, the extras that like display, listen to the person because they're all just like facing forward. I don't know. When I go to meetings, we look at the people that are talking (laughs) and like nod our heads. Like, yeah, totally. Sure. Um, and I, it was probably <clears throat> the director's deci- decision to like, you know, they always have to stagger the seats so you can see the faces. And when that woman was sharing that heart wrenching story, mm-hmm. I was stuck watching the people that had no reaction on their oh, face. Yeah. So that was a little hard for me. Um, and when, um, uh, What's Timothy's character's name? Nick. Nick. Nick there we go. <clears throat> when Nick was sharing his story, it was, it was fine. I just, I don't know. It seemed it, like it, it seemed like what they wanted you to besides Nick. It seemed like they wanted you to really like see the mom and the sponsor. Like yeah. that was sort of what that scene was about. Right. Yeah. Um. The, do you have any like <clears throat> feelings? Did you feel strongly about that, or did you kind of? Are you are you I so did. used to movie scenes? Yeah. Movie AA meetings. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's you know my my experience in meetings is very very different um, from most people that I know. Um, I have never gone to a meeting because I'm an addict. I've always gone to a meeting because I was with my mother who was an addict. She uh, you know got. She got sober when I was, like, three, a toddler. And I grew up going to meetings with her. So it's it's really weird because, like, in some aspects, 
a lot of the times, you know, we were kids and we were just running around, goofing off and, you know, playing and eating the sugar cubes from the coffee table <laughs> and, like, you know, like, being kids. But, like, you know, as I got older, you know, I would sit with my mom and I would listen to the people talking in the meetings and and it was, like, it had, a, like, a very profound effect on me that that my mom was always very open about it. Like, you know, you kind of get, you kind of, you kind of see it a little bit in the movie with the younger kids. Like, they kind of know what's going on. Sure. But, you know, there's not much of a discussion with them about it. Right. Like, a lot of people, I think, try to sort of shield children from Mm -hmm. that. And I think being exposed to it and, you know, hearing people tell these horrifying stories about, like, you know, all the, how, how they've, like, you know their lives have been so messed up was probably the thing that kept me from doing that. Like when I got to high school, you know, I didn't drink any alcohol until, until after I graduated, but only like two weeks after. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But even when I did, like I never, I always was very careful about it. You know, I always was like, I know this isn't my family. You know, my mom's not the only one in my family in the program. And I know that that can can be a big factor, and so I was always very, very cautious about it. I've never done any drugs, um, you know, and I think that that being exposed to that at a young age kept me from following that same path. Right. So it's weird because, like, I have a, a very different perspective on meetings, so, like, I don't always, like... Like, when I'm in a meeting, I'm probably more like those extras because, like, I don't have the same experience. Like, I i don't connect to the person talking sure. as well. Um, sure. Okay. But I know that the other people do. You know? Right. Right. So. Um, so, before we move on to Steve Carell and the rest of the family, mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit about the relapse stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the What little experience I've seen of friends of you know, family members of friends or whatever. It, it's never, it's never ended on, uh, there's a little bit of a spoiler. <laughs> so warning. Um, <laughs> it's never ended on a, any positive note. I think there's some sense of hope at the end of this film and we get a little bit of a uh, post film, you know, subtitles on the screen that kind of give us a little bit of a happy ending, but um, it's never, I've never heard any, I've never seen any of my friends or family members or whatever that where this ended is a happy ending. It will always, almost always ends in somebody dying. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what are, what are your thoughts about the portrayal of relapse in this film? And, um, uh, maybe that I got this profound sense of like desperation in him. Every time he relapses, mm-hmm. the, the, when he meets up with the girl again, a little bit of spoiler, when he meets up with the girl and they go to, and he's sitting on the couch and he, the day after, and he's crying, that, like, sort of sense of um, loss mm-hmm. and, or not loss, but being lost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anybody want to? Um, I think it's, you know, it is very, very common to relapse. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's interesting because, you know, people say, like, you know, they, they used to be an addict or something, but like when I talked to my mother, you know, she's, she's still says she's an addict. She doesn't say I used to be an addict. Mm -hmm. She's an addict. She's, you know, 
recovering. Yeah. She's never recovered. <clears throat> sure. She's always, it's always a process. Like, you're always in it. Like, she's, you know, 25 years sober, and she still goes to meetings. She still has a sponsor. She is a sponsor now. You know, she helps younger people who are in the program. But it's not something that just you have happy ending and it's gone. Does it? Does yeah. it feel? Does it feel like it was excessive in the film? Because it's like because it doesn't seem like the movie took place over a long period of time. Mm-mm. No, it maybe doesn't. maybe a couple years max because the kids <laughs> don't get much older. No, right. yes. Um, so the amount of times that he relapses goes into the program and and kind of falls apart does that feel that felt realistic to yeah. me not excessive okay um cuz you know when when i decided to stop drinking you know it was for my health um but those first 6 months were so hard like i actually had tried to quit drinking 3 months before i quit drinking mm. and you know, I lasted like a week and then drank some more. Um, and then after those three months, I was like, okay, I need to stop. And there are those, like, you just want to feel differently. Like, you know, for me, it was uh, a, a good reason to drink. I had a great day. Let's celebrate and drink. I had a bad day. Let's drown our sorrows and drink. Mm. It's Tuesday. Trivia, let's go drink. Karaoke, <laughs> let's go drink. Um, and it became sort of a habit. So you have to learn how to stop those habits. And um, like when when he would relapse, like you're not happy that you did it because you you're like breaking a promise to yourself. Yeah. Which like you start hating yourself for doing that thing that you told yourself you wouldn't do. Right. Um, so not, not being, <clears throat> not being flippant in any way, mm-hmm. uh, because it's not the same, but, uh, I, I get that way a little bit about like food, right? Absolutely. Like, absolutely. Um, food like is an addiction I, I know I'm not supposed to eat, you know, a Big Mac or whatever. And I do it anyways. And then you feel like but shit I, afterwards. Sometimes, but that's the thing. <laughs> and, but that's the thing is like, sometimes I do them and sometimes I, and I don't know, they didn't, I'm not sure they necessarily explored this. I, I always wonder if this is how other people see it too. But sometimes once I've broken it, I'm like, well, I already broke it. So it doesn't matter now. Mm-hmm. Right. Like. Yeah. Stopping won't fix that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I go through the same thing with sugar. Like, I, you sure. know, I mean, I, I'm, I've drastically reduced the amount of sugar I eat over the last several years, but even like the, the major thing that made me stop do, doing it as much was my health. Like, <laughs> you know, I had to, yeah. you know, and it's, it's, you I still, you still want to do it, mm-hmm. you know, like, I, I don't think, I think that relapsing is very common and I think that, you know, even even I think it's happens more frequently at the beginning, but even 25 years in, you could still relapse. Sure. Absolutely. <clears throat> I know a woman who uh, was sober for 15 years and then had an oops, and then the oops extended for six months. Yeah. Wow. Um, but, you know, you have to... You have to make that decision that you're like, no, I don't want to do this. I need to 
to do this for myself. <clears throat> yeah, it um, has to be. So how does that how does that work? Because you know, it's like I've made that decision a bunch, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. To stop to, to like I'm not gonna eat fried food anymore, and mm-hmm. eventually, you know, I still eat French fries or whatever. So so how how does that work? Like I've heard people say, well, you have to be the one who decides, and I think they explore that a little bit in the mm-hmm. film. Um, there's mm-hmm. a really, I thought to me it was a very powerful moment. Um, when Steve Carell is like, I don't know how to fix my son and more tyranny says you can't mm-hmm. like, and, and this, himself. right. This idea that he has to want to do it. But I think throughout the film, he does want to do it. So it's like, what does that mean? You know, does he just change his mind that he wants to do it? Or? Well, I mean, I think that, you know, you, you have to decide that you want the help. Right. It's, it's not that you don't need the help or that someone can't help you. It's that you have to decide you want the help. But you don't think he he wanted it throughout the film? No, he, I think he absolutely did. But then, you you know, I think you go through these things where you're like, well, I'm fine now. Oh. <laughs> and then, you know, a little while later, you're like, well, maybe I'm not actually it's fine. It's like people who yeah. are on, like, medication for schizophrenia, like, yeah. oh, the medication's working, so I stopped taking it because mm-hmm. I'm cured. and. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, can, I mean, I I, I've been through that exact thing with my depression. I'm like, well, I feel great, so I don't need this medication anymore. Well, no, you feel great because you're on the medication. Because the medication's working. Because mm-hmm. the medication is working. You're not, you're not cured. Totally. You're not, like, I, yeah. I have uh, an autoimmune disorder, yeah. and when I moved here, my, med- my prescription ran out, and I didn't have a doctor out here, so I was like, I'm just not going to take the medication yeah. anymore. I'll be fine. And I... Like, it was super bad. Mm-hmm. Like, my thyroid levels dropped, and I became super depressed, and I'm not a depressed person. But, like, when you can forget, mm-hmm. like, how how great you can feel, and you forget, like, how you used to feel. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think so you also like, forget how bad you feel when it gets bad, you know? Yeah. You're like, no, I'll be fine, and I can get through it, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's... Yeah. So let's <laughs> let's shift over to the family okay. a little bit because this is the thing I thought was really interesting about the movie is I thought Timothy Chalamet drove the film his performance, um, and and this is another reason why I think the nonlinear thing and the sort of pulling the those powerful moments away a little bit stepping back from that I think that's why maybe it was intentional I don't think this movie was about Nick Chef. I think this movie was about the family. I think this is yeah. a movie for families mm-hmm. yeah. um, and for people who, because they don't spend a ton of time with Timothy Chalamet as a, as a drug addict and the things that he's going through and the questions that I'm having, they're not answering those questions. Yeah. Right. They could have answered those questions by having the camera stay with him. Right. Right. They, they chose not to do that. And so I think the movie is v- very much for people who are, not just family, I mean, it's family in a specific way or a, a different way, but um, people who love addicts, people yeah. who, who love people who are addicts. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that feel kind of how it was for you guys, or do you feel like it was like 50 or? Yeah, no, I mean, I think you, you know, it is, it is hard to, to be a family of, an addict and I think they they do touch on that a little bit that the um the dad and the stepmom go to an Al-Anon meeting mm-hmm. which is specifically for people family members mm-hmm. of people who are have addictions mm-hmm. it's this is a support group f- 
for not for the addicts but for the family of the addicts or for the friends of the addicts or Mm -hmm. you know wives or boyfriends whatever like you know if you have an addict in your life you that's the meeting that you go to sure and i think a lot of people don't know that that even exists yeah i don't think i realized yeah like i can like um, you know, my mom has talked to me about it before. She'd be like, you know, you can you can go to a meeting. <laughs> oh yeah. And, and I think that's because she knows how hard it is. You know, like I said, we have other people in our family who are addicts, and it's 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 hard to see them go through that stuff and to feel like you can't help. Like even if you want to, and even if you try to, you know, yeah. it's not always they won't always let you help. Yeah. And so I think you know, having a support group is, is necessary. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, Steve Carell does a really good job in the movie of, of kind of going through that. Like I want to help, but I don't know how to, you know? Right. Yeah. 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 There was a couple of moments where he, it's interesting to watch him sort of like break apart yeah. And and go somewhere really big emotionally because you don't see that a lot. Usually with Steve Carell, when that happens, it's like funny. Mm-hmm. So to see him do that uh, while watching himself, while watching this character like lose his son essentially, yeah. um, was <clears throat> I thought like really beautiful to see him do that in this film. Yeah, I think it's. I think Steve Carell for both for this and probably Marwin will probably get a couple of award nominations this season. Yeah. I would think this, for sure. I don't yeah. know about that. I mean, we haven't seen Marwin yet, but I mean, I have high hopes for Marwin. But yeah, you never, yeah. You never really know. <laughs> Until you um, see it, yeah. The trailer uh, looks great. <laughs> and there's a, lot, there's a lot of, like, really great performances no, this absolutely. year. No, um, absolutely. Amy Ryan in the film, also probably underused, um, but... She, uh, of all of the characters in the film, felt the most true to me. The sort of the the mom who's kind of separated from everything, mm-hmm. and their arguments over the phone and stuff. It all it all felt very honest. Yeah. Um, it was a little bit weird for me because I'm a huge fan of The Office, and like those two. <laughs> char- so like I'm like at the very beginning of the movie, I was like, okay, so Michael and well, I forgot her character's name, but Michael and this character they. They moved away from Dunder Mifflin. They had a baby. that didn't work out. They split up. Michael marries Maura Tierney. Uh, it, it felt it felt um, it felt weird for me at first, but she's so. Um, Sorry, I need to get a drink of water. What's the word for her? For Amy Ryan? Oh, good catch. The phone's. Uh, boy, what's a good word for Amy Ryan? Um, she's she, so honest. Just yeah, everything is just it. And actually, really similarly, Timothy Chalamet, they both just seem like it's effortless. Like they, it feels like that's who they were or are. Mm-hmm. Oh, the phone's just—it's just sliding. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Yeah, I think she did a beautiful job, and you know, I kind of expected her to be in, like, physically be in more of the film. Yeah. Um, but with the few scenes she was in, it was beautiful. Yeah. Um, and B 
being an actor, I can get pulled out of of scenes sometimes if it just doesn't seem genuine. Mm-hmm. And I believed that she was his mom and that she cared so hard and that they that um both she and uh Steve just wanted the best for their son. It was really oh, yeah. Yeah. Heartbreaking. <laughs> it was, it was um, the movie to me felt more about the performance than anything else. Um, and I think that's probably the biggest like criticism I have for it is that um, maybe things that could have um, been more interesting storytelling wise or visually kind of went by the wayside to give the actors an opportunity to give the best performance that they could possibly give. Mm-hmm. Um I, I don't know. I, I like the movie a lot, but, but because of the performances. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't entirely a fan of how it began mm. because I didn't know the characters well enough to right. understand why he was saying it like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you mean the, the conversation he has at the very, 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 very beginning with the guy that you don't see at first, yes. uh, Timothy Hutton's character. Yes. Um, yeah. But I will say, um, I thought, they must know that because <laughs> they played that scene out in its entirety exactly. later on. Yeah. Instead yeah. of just like cutting to it and going, oh, okay, we're back here. You and then cutting this. somewhere yeah. else. Yeah, they let that scene play out and you actually get to see Timothy Hutton now. Right. And I thought that was, um, they, they, I think they knew that. The question then becomes, is that a good device for right. this kind of film? Um, again, I think, I feel like these decisions were definitely intentional, maybe to, I said definitely, but maybe <laughs> to, um, again, make it more about the performance and try to, like, root it in things that people can understand. I, I don't know, like, again, like someone like me, like, I don't know how well people will understand addiction when you're staying with the addict all the time. Right. Um, I, I think I think some filmmakers have done it well, Um Darren Aronofsky comes to mind. Requiem for a Dream. Oh. Um, yeah. But even that is like, there's only so much that you can tell people that they can get. Like, oh, they'll do anything for the Like, there's a, a scene in the movie where he goes to talk to a girl standing on the side of the road. And she says, well, most guys ask me for a blowjob. And it's like, yeah, I get it. I've heard that before. That's like the, and in some ways that's like the least true thing of the film right because you see it not that it doesn't happen that you see it all the time so it just is another thing in a movie Uh whereas um them trying to console the kids maybe is not something you see or you see more tyranny chasing him down in a van and then choosing to give up and let him go like that's not the kind of thing you see in these films and that's i think what kind of made this movie very different from others. Right. There was a moment where I was worried that they were going to glorify Mm. um, drug addiction with when Steve... Oh, yeah, yeah, you talk about that. Yeah, it's a spoiler. Okay. (laughs) Um, Spoiler alert. Steve partakes in... I'm, I'm guessing... I think it was cocaine. Cocaine. Yeah. But... His reaction to it made me think it might have been crystal meth. I don't know if you can snort it. I don't know. I think it's co- I think it was cocaine, and I think it was. Remember the the girl had told him that 
crystal meth was like cocaine times 5,000. Yeah. And so I think the idea was, well, what's the cocaine like? Okay, it's this times 5,000. Um, and when it cut to later on, mm-hmm. he had like clearly been up all night doing things. Yeah. So I thought maybe it was cocaine. Like papers were all the place he <laughs> yeah. was laying on the floor. Music yeah. was on. I just assumed it was cocaine. I don't know. Like, yeah. Yeah. Never done cocaine. So yeah. Yeah. I thought that was interesting that they kind of touched on a couple of things. I feel like with that, with that scene, I wasn't a hundred percent sure if he, cause he, t- he kind of talks with Nick earlier in the film about, you know, himself experimenting with drugs when mm-hmm. he was younger you know, mm-hmm. um, so I wasn't sure if he was trying to understand what his son was going through or if he was having a relapse himself, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not sure I picked up on the re- an idea of a relapse thing because he. And, and, you know, I don't, I think that he definitely. It's interesting because, like I said, you know, uh, addiction can definitely be hereditary. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, Sometimes I think circumstance can make it easier for you to start doing it. Yeah. <laughs> but the you know the addiction is always a possibility. Like it, it can it can be in your in your genes. I don't know that he ever was a, an addict. Yeah. So I'm I wasn't a hundred percent sure if it was like he he was an addict and he's having a relapse. I don't I feel think like they would have I think I feel like they would have talked about that at that. Like I think case. it would have been more obvious. I, I think I think he was at a loss of how to connect with his son and yeah. how to find his son. And he was at, like this is as like how far am I willing to take this? Yeah. And yeah. you know, am I willing to do everything that I can do in order to get him? Um and I think that was sort of like how far he could take it. And and it was around then that his thinking and, and how he treated Nick changed. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, I don't know. Yeah. We, we're going to have to wrap this up real quick. Um, but I'm going to do something that we don't... This is a heavier podcast episode than normal. Yeah. We, usually stay, <laughs> we usually stay more in the movie uh, since it's your first time. We're usually more in the movie and more talking about the filmmaking aspects and trivia and stuff which we're not really going to get into um but since we talked about something heavy like there's probably somebody listening to this that's an addict so what do they do um well i mean i think it's i think this movie kind of takes place i think probably in the late 90s early 2000s uh yes i think it's probably fairly accurate for nick chef's age and right. also he's in like middle school he's listening to like nirvana and stuff yeah so. yeah yeah so um i think i feel like now it's a little bit easier to find resources online mm-hmm. than it might have been then yeah. i mean like his dad you know goes out of his way to like go meet with people to try to learn about it like he does sure. find some stuff online but i think it's easier now to find those you know helpline numbers sure or, you know, where, one up real quick you, absolutely yeah. i like where a meeting Alexis is, is on it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so at least in that respect i think it's hopefully a little bit easier to find who can help you yeah um but absolutely you know alexis is gonna find one we'll say it in the yes. in the podcast you can also Tweet at us or DM us absolutely uh, on Instagram, and we can give you the number there as well. And also, I'll, I'll throw it in the um, Instagram post as well. You know, 
lean on the people who are close to you. Like, you sure. don't be ashamed to reach out to your friends, family, even anybody, anybody, yeah. anybody. <laughs> literally anyone. Absolutely. Um, I found it. It's the SAMHSA, it's the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services National Helpline. It's one eight hundred six six two help. So six six two four three five seven. Thanks. Also, if you have a cell phone, there's an app that is called Meeting Guide, and it will show you every um, meeting in your area. Yeah, you awesome. can like plug in your address. Speaking of plugging, uh, <laughs> do you want to um, tell us your Twitter or Instagram or something so oh. that way people can find you? My Instagram is LexiLou711, so it's L-E-X-Y-L-O-U, and then the number is 711. Um, Twitter, I'm Lekus, L-E-C-C-U-S. <laughs> That's a nickname <clears throat> my mom gave me. <laughs> oh, okay. You want to plug any type of Instagram? Uh, Instagram. Sure. You yeah. got a great design, yeah. interior design yes. thing going on. Yes, uh, it has nothing to do with movies or addiction, either one. But <laughs> Sometimes you do movie theater, sometimes you do I movie... Do. That's true. Sets? Yes, I do talk about movie sets occasionally, um, especially like anything that's super, super colorful or crazy or, you know, fantastical. I love I love talking about that stuff, but uh, my Instagram is Blueprint Betty. Mm-hmm. I think my Twitter is the same, but I'm, yeah. it's usually just reposts from my Instagram. <laughs> so. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and then, of course, you can get us at, at VTRT Movies. Um, either Twitter or Instagram. We also have a Facebook page. You can always message us there, but most people... Instagram seems to be how people are talking to us. Yeah, that These seems days, to be the, 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 the new go-to. Yeah. <laughs> Not doing Snapchat, sorry. No. Um, again, you know, I know it was a heavier topic, um, but if you are struggling with something, just reach out to us or to someone you know or anyone. Um, and uh, in the meantime, we will see you in another episode. Bon Cinema.